We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to week three of the Pro Football Focus Show here on Roto-Grinders. I am Britt Devine with my two good buddies from PFF, Mr. Tyler Beaker and Scott Barrett. Uh, Scott, uh, how many dank stats you got for us this week? Uh, I've got quite a few. You know, it's a, it's an exciting week. Uh, I want to bounce back a little bit from from uh, I, I think maybe touting the nuts on this show, but but not having as much of it in my lineups. Yes, uh, one person who did not tout the nuts last week uh, would be be t- Tyler. Let's just let's get this out of the way, Tyler. Michael Thomas fade last week. This this came back to bite you. It did not work out as expected. Yeah, bite is a kind word there. Yeah. Uh, that one really got me pretty good. Uh, didn't have any Thomas whatsoever. Um, I really thought they had a chance at shadowing him. Didn't work whatsoever, and Thomas went off for two touchdowns and blew up the slate. You are smart. You have redeemed yourself. I, I looked at the sheet, and uh, I'm pleased to announce you will be redeeming yourself later with Michael Thomas Love. Um, but anyway, guys, uh, we've got a lot to pack into the show in only 50 minutes, uh, so we like to jump right into it. What we do is we give you a stud. Uh, a value player and a dud at each position uh, that the guys at PFF have highlighted using a lot of their statistics. We're going to talk about Scott's actual opportunity, his statistic he's created, uh, talks a lot about it, and show you some of the stuff behind the scenes, uh, the paywall over at PFF as well. Uh, so, Scott, why don't we jump right into this? Uh, your stud of the week, not uh, a guy I think a lot of people are going to be using this week. Uh, he's coming back uh, from an injury, uh, but the matchup looks premier. 
Uh, looks like you have no problems rolling out Mr. Carson Wentz's. Uh, I wouldn't say no problems. There's definitely problems. You know, he's coming back from an ACL injury and he averaged like 1.4 rushing fantasy points per game last year. That's going to come down. He's doesn't have Alshon Jeffrey, you know, arguably a little bit of rust, uh, all those things. But, but really I just don't like paying two up at quarterback and uh, mm-hmm. you know, Wentz was the, the most expensive guy. I, I, I really kind of liked, he, he ranked third in fantasy points per game last year. Uh, probably not going to be that high this year. He's due for some touchdown regression. That's fine. Uh, but, you know, he's been practicing for over a month. Uh, by all accounts, he looks really good. Uh, and the matchup's great. He, he ranks eighth. Uh, Indianapolis ranks eighth worst in pressures per dropback. Uh, they were a worst ranking secondary heading into the season. I also like that JHI might be out this week. Uh, I think that probably means more carries for Wendell Smallwood, but it, it, it could mean you know, more cheap yards um, for Wentz targeting Corey Clement as a sort of extension of the passing game. Uh, and, and yeah, you know, remember he was like an elite quarterback option last year and uh, he's not priced like that this week. Uh, yeah, I do like him quite a bit. Lots of Ertz targets, lots of Aguilar targets too. Short, quick hitters, moving the ball up in field uh, against Indianapolis. Uh, I like that call quite a bit. He should, I, I know we got him projected uh, looks like about seven and a half percent. I don't know. That's that's kind of mid range for where quarterbacks get. Quarterbacks never really get too high, much over fifteen percent. Um, but I like that call. If you're looking to play some tournaments, uh, I think he actually comes in a little bit below that seven and a half. Uh, Tyler, you're you're going right for the chalk of the chalk. Ten touchdowns. Uh, every pass is a touchdown. They all go sixty yards. Uh, you've got Pat Mahomes. It's it's hard to argue against this dude right now. Uh, somehow he's only the second highest scoring fantasy quarterback this year behind Ryan Fitzpatrick. Uh, where was all this pre-draft when we were all doing our best balls and season longs? Um, but Mahomes here looks like a shootout. And this kind of goes with the league, right? It's a passing league now. The rules are different. There's little defense. Plays are up. Uh, we'll talk about that when we go over Pat Thorman's article. Um, but this just looks like a track meet going on in Kansas City. Yeah, unlike Scott, I have no problem paying up for production here with Patrick Mahomes, but there simply just aren't enough superlatives to really commend just how well Mahomes is playing this year. I'm going to skip that, though, and just jump right into the matchup. The Chiefs are playing at home, largest implied point total of the slate at 31 points. The 49ers have allowed the fifth most DK points to opposing quarterbacks, and they've been particularly poor defending deep passes. 30% of the targets they've faced have been at least 15 yards or deeper. That's a ton. On these particular deep throws, Mahomes has been lights out, completing 10 of 17, four of those being touchdowns. There's also talk of Akella Witherspoon, one of our bottom five graded cornerbacks, being benched. If it doesn't happen before this week, it almost certainly will when Tyreek burns him for two scores. Yeah, the the Chiefs just like have so many players running a high percentage of their routes in the slot and a high number of targets in the slot. But that's also where like uh, the bulk of their production comes from. If, if Akella uh, Witherspoon was a... a uh, wide receiver, he'd break the slate this week. He's going to give up like 215 <laughs> yards and three touchdowns. Uh, my favorite stat, uh, using the premium statistics here at PFF, you get the whole team grades, which is something I nice to give you a snapshot. Um, so the 49ers are uh, the 31st rated team in pass coverage. What I like, the only team worse than that, Scott, is the Chiefs themselves who are 32nd. Uh, just a whole lot of passing in this game back and forth. Uh, I, I see a track meet going on here. Uh, absolutely love Mahomes. Really hard to argue against him right now. I got I like uh, Cam Newton if you're paying up. Uh, just a, a really high floor, high ceiling, kind of doing it all right now. I do like Cam Newton. I think he's about 6K on DraftKings. 
Scott, let's get to a value quarterback for you. And I've got to, I don't know, it, this kind of depends on Leonard Fournette for me because it seems like the Jaguars really changed their play calling and their offense when Fournette's in the game. If Fournette plays, they're good handing them the ball and they're good playing defense. And if Fournette's not in there, and especially against good teams, it seems like they're a little bit more aggressive trying to put up some points. They're going to be playing Tennessee this week here. So what's going on with Blake Bortles? Yeah, that, that's exactly right. It really does hinge on Leonard Fournette being out. Um, and it, he practiced today. Uh, over the past two seasons, Bortles averages 22.5 fantasy points per game with Fournette in the lineup uh, and 14.7 when he's active. That's a major difference. 323 yards per game mm-hmm. versus 210. 6.8 red zone attempts versus 3.8. Um, and this week he's playing at home against Tennessee. Tennessee gave up the 12th most fantasy points per game to quarterbacks last year. They only made uh, one change to their secondary, and that's been Malcolm Butler, who has surrendered more yards and more touchdowns than any other cornerback in the NFL. Uh, I will say uh, Bortles did stink against them in, in both of his games last year, but, you know, uh, YOLO. Yeah, uh, I do say it uh, looks like Fournette practiced on a limited basis. Uh, seems like he's trending in the right direction. You got someone for me. Let's say Fournette suits up. I'm going to have no Bortles if Fournette suits up. I think they just run the ball and win this game with defense, uh, kind of their uh, tried and true system here. You got someone else for me, Scott, if uh, if Fournette does suit up? Yeah, maybe Jimmy Garoppolo. And uh, Pat Thorman kind of talked about this in his pace of play article, just uh, Kansas City's hemorrhaging plays to – the opposite side and uh you know if marquise goodwin comes back that's a big boost too uh tyree hill or marquise goodwin there was a nice little not really a beef but uh goodwin had a couple lines for him on who was faster he pointed pointed the olympic rings tattoo he has on his arm on who the faster player is so that'll be uh i just can't wait to watch that game we'll be watching it for sure uh tyler you've got uh we already talked about carson wentz opposite in in, in that game he's just dinking and dunking but Andrew Luck looks pretty good on these short passes. Eventually, he's going to start throwing deep. T.Y. Hilton has completely changed his game from more of a deep threat to these intermediate to short routes. Uh, Luck doesn't seem, you know, so you know, no surprise, right? He was a very good quarterback before he was injured. He's changed how he plays. A lot of the quarterback position is up here in your head, right? And he seems like he has the smarts to adjust, the arm to adjust. And the Eagle, you don't run on the Eagles. The Colts have no run game. Uh, this could be Andrew Luck chucking the ball 50 times. Yeah, I agree. I think it's going to be a total pass fest. Uh, both these teams rank top 12 in pass play percentage and plays for game. I'm expecting a lot of throwing in this matchup. Luck is priced at just QB 15 on the main slate. Feels like there's no love for him there. His low A dot doesn't really matter when he's completing over 71.4% of his passes. For those counting at home, Drew Brees set the completion record with a 72.0 completion percentage last year. So he's right behind him there. Ryan Fitzpatrick showed Luck the skeleton key to beating Philadelphia last week. You target Jalen Mills. Philadelphia's left cornerback, who has allowed the most passing touchdowns dating back to the beginning of 2017. And you beat the pass rush by completing the quick hitting underneath stuff. Fitzgerald, I'm sorry, Fitzpatrick completed 23 of 25 attempts, 15 yards or less last week. I think Luck can do that with his noodle arm and his high accuracy. And he's a guy I think you can play in cash or tournaments. Yeah, that Eagles uh, secondary is absolute trash. Funny stat, you mentioned completion percentage. Do you know who almost set the single game completion percentage, if not for a dropped fourth and one, fourth down and one? pass uh, last week this would have been Derek Carr uh, of all people almost was so close to setting the completion percentage record for a game last week. funny little tidbit there um let's go to a couple of duds uh people I'm not too interested in 
And uh, Scott, you, you've got Philip Rivers here. This game, you can come at this from a lot of different angles. If you read Pat Thorman's article on PFF, he thinks this could be slow, but then both, you know, this is like the first true test the Rams are going to have. They're actually going to, or uh, they're going to be forced to open their offense. Is Philip Rivers going to be passing the ball all over the field here? Uh, I don't know. A lot of different ways this game can go, in my opinion. Going to be a fun game to watch, uh, but looks like no Philip Rivers for you this week. Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd say exercise caution at the very least. Uh, the Rams rank sixth best in pressures per drop back. The Chargers rank sixth worst and pressures allowed per drop back the rams have three cornerbacks who graded top 20 a season ago uh gates has two catches through two weeks of and he's battling an illness uh they're allowing under 200 passing yards per game and a zero to four touchdown interception ratio uh they're probably the best defense in the nfl i, I think melvin gordon's still a really good play and tyler's going to get to that but uh yeah probably not going to have any uh rivers this week all right. And Tyler, I don't know if you were uh, perusing Twitter today, but this guy's coach, he said, we just need more runs. We need more first downs and more runs straight from the head coach. You're done of the week. Uh, Russell Wilson. I can't believe Pete Carroll actually said this. I uh, don't know what to say to that one. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> uh, after Monday night football, I don't think many people are even going to be interested in playing Wilson. Uh, but his offensive line just simply doesn't give him any time to throw the ball. He's going to be under constant duress this entire game. And I think he's just going to be lucky that this game is such a slow-paced matchup against the Dallas Cowboys. The Cowboys have allowed just one passing to you this year. But Wilson's price is just far too high to warrant any consideration this week. Yeah, I'm going to take a pass. Uh, Twitter, Coach Twitter tweets today. Uh, quotes were just off the charts today. John Gruden had a couple ones talking about how hard it is to find a good pass rusher in the NFL. I couldn't believe that was uttered today, too. Just uh, Coach Twitter was absolutely on fire today anyway. But uh, uh, enough with quarterbacks. Uh, Scott, i like to give you the floor here uh, before we get into running backs uh, to talk about your uh, actual opportunity that you uh, have created here at Pro Football Focus. I brought up the screen share. So, Devin, if you want to throw that up on the screen for everybody. And, uh, Scott, uh, give me a couple of guys here. You use this a lot in DFS. It kind of weights a lot of different things, a lot of different plays. Uh, what's really standing out for you through two games of the season, or two weeks of the season? Uh, well, we could point to Juju Smith-Schuster last week. He led all players and expected fantasy points with a whopping 37. Also targets with 18, red zone targets with six, end zone targets with three, expected touchdowns with 2.2. He, he definitely benefited from an uh, second half injury to Antonio Brown. Uh, also, Ben Roethlisberger threw the ball 60 times. Uh, but still, that's terrific usage, especially in what I thought was a tough matchup against Kendall Fuller, 71% of his routes. We can talk about, you're not going to see it on the chart, but just Sean Jackson, uh, you know, based on his volume, he should be averaging 8.2 fantasy points per game. Instead, he's averaging 27.3. <laughs> That's crazy. So what happens um, when Ryan Fitzpatrick's throwing 20 yard or 30 yard bombs downfield, uh, every single one's accurate. So. That's right. Also, uh, if you look at the chart on the top, you'll only see one tight end. That's uh, maybe a little bit rare, I guess, but uh, yeah, it's just been a, a kind of a brutal start to the season for tight ends. Um, but you'll see, you know, uh, five wide receivers at the top, including Adam Thielen, who's seeing much better usage than Stefan Diggs. You'll see, uh, Melvin Gordon, uh, his volume has been great. You kind of have to throw out uh, the second half of last week's game. And if you do that, then you he's probably, you know, right behind 
Brown and, and Julio Jones. Um, but yeah, that's what it is. Uh, great article uh, every week from Scott on this. Puts a lot of work uh, behind the scenes to it. Uh, and you can get all this with your uh, PFS. This is just on the uh, the basic uh, subscription over there. You get access to all the fantasy articles. Uh, correct, Scott? Right. That's yeah, right. so really fun stuff. Let's get into some running backs here. Uh, we'll do some more screen sharing a little bit, Devin. So you can go back to showing our pretty mugs uh, here for a little bit. Uh, Tyler, running backs, I'll start with you. Uh, so we didn't like Philip Rivers. Scott didn't. But you like Melvin Gordon. So what's going on here? I think has a little bit to do with those cornerbacks for the Rams are so good. And that front of the defensive line, maybe he doesn't get it through rushing, um, but those short passes out of the backfield, you play on DraftKings, that's a point per reception, PPR. Uh, those add up very fast. Uh, I think that's why you might like Melvin this week. Yeah, they add up very fast, especially with Melvin Gordon. Uh, paying up for backs isn't easy this week, but the one that I am comfortable with dropping a little bit extra for is Melvin Gordon. He's been absolutely incredible to start the year. Only three running backs ranked top 10 in Scott's actual opportunity report. Melvin's one of them. His 19 targets ranked fourth at the position. He's opened the season as the RB3 week one and the RB2 in week two. I'm not worried about Austin Eckler whatsoever. And Melvin Gordon's just seeing enough touches where it doesn't really matter what Eckler's role is to me. Um, but he'll now face a defense that funnels passes away from the perimeter, as you alluded to. He'll see a lot of targets over the middle. And I think you could pencil him in for 10-plus targets and possibly a top-five fantasy week. Yeah, uh, even in a tough matchup, I, I can agree. 7,400. Uh, it's kind of tough. Him, Barkley, uh, you've got Zeke, who, you know, I don't know if that offense is very good, but you know his share of the offense is going to be pretty good. You've got David Johnson, who's a little bit of a question mark right now. I think uh, I think Melvin in that little range uh, would probably be my choice as well. So I, I like your pick there. Uh, Scott, you're just going you're going all the way, all the way up. How, how, do, you, how do you do that? I don't know if I uh, just butchered that completely. Uh, but you're going with Alvin Kamara. We saw Christian McCaffrey go absolutely nuts against Atlanta with two of their top defenders out. Um, I don't, did they lose another one or was that somebody on the offensive line this, this week uh, in that game? Either way, uh, you got to expect Kamara, what, eight to 10 rushes, but another eight to 10 receptions, uh, a bunch of yards, uh, a couple of touchdowns. Kamara definitely looks worth paying up for this week. Yeah, well, the, the leading running back in terms of expected fantasy points per game, that, that article we just looked at is Alvin Kamara. Uh, He's also like one of the best receiving running backs in recent memory. He totaled 194 receiving fantasy points last year. It was the 14th most by a running back ever. All right. So keep that in mind, you know, uh, McCaffrey just smashed against the Falcons to the tune of 14 receptions and 102 yards and 15 targets. Um, <clears throat> since 2016, he allowed 13.6 receiving fantasy points per game to opposing running backs. That's 1.9 more than any other team uh as of last week they're playing without two starters as you mentioned Deion jones and keanu neal and that's like particularly important because those guys were the primary defenders in coverage on 47 percent of their running back targets last year i uh elvin kamara absolute uh nuclear spot in my opinion this week i know this is a little tough to spend up for him you've got uh, you know, receiver got Julio Jones at 7,900. They're just like giving us Julio Jones on a platter. So it's really hard to pass that up uh, and spend all the way up on running back. And once you get over that $9,000 mark can be a little, little prohibitive to your lineups um, more so in GPPs though. I think Kamara uh, very good. So let's, uh, let's keep it moving. Uh, Tyler value, a couple of guys, probably just a, a little bit too, too low priced given their uh, roles. And it also depends. Hey, can this one, 
he, one guy just popped up on the injury report today. So let's try to break it down. Do we want the, uh, the Tevin Coleman's we got Gio Bernard. We could talk a little bit Corey Clement as well here. Uh, if these Eagles running backs uh, become a little bit more clear, who's actually going to play later in the week here. Uh, but a lot of value. This is why I don't have Kamara on my shell cash team right now. Because the mid-tier between Kareem Hunt, Tevin Coleman, Giovanni Bernard, and throw another couple other guys in there uh, is just really packed with uh, high-touch players this week. Yeah, I agree with you completely. I think the mid-tier is where we want to attack. I think you could throw in Chris Thompson, maybe Kareem Hunt as well. Around that 6K mark, there's a lot of guys at our disposal. Uh, the guy I want to like zero in, though, in on is Giovanni Bernard. There's a little bit of resistance around Gio this week for cash. Don't really understand it. He's priced under 6K. I think he's a lock for 20 touches. He's shown he can be a three-down back, seeing goal line work, receiving duties. And we saw what he can do with Joe, when Joe Mixon was sidelined last year. He was the fantasy RB9 from weeks 13 through 17 last year. He saw over 78% of the snaps in those games, 19 touches per game, averaging 17.3 PPR points. I think he's a great play this week. We just saw Tevin Coleman go for 100-plus yards and a score against the Carolina defense. I'm expecting Gio to put up similar numbers this week. Yeah, not only is it when Mixon's out, but in his whole career, I managed to pull this up. Uh, anytime he's been given more than 10 carries per game, he's averaged uh, 14 fantasy points per game in those. And that includes just getting like 10 or 11 or whatever, not even like a full workload today. So I like it a lot. If he's getting the full workload against the Panthers, that seems like a pretty good spot. They are a pretty good run and graded unit at PFF, uh, but they have allowed uh, 20.6 fantasy points per game to opposing running backs. And if what, 80% of that's Geo, we're looking at like 16 to 18 fantasy points. I, I think that's plenty for him this week. So I say go ahead and fire up Geo. Uh, Scott, what are you looking at for a value running back this week? Well, I had uh, Gio Bernard too, but yep. uh, I'll say uh, you should also look at Latavius Murray if Dalvin Cook is out mm-hmm. or severely limited against the Bills, you know, absolute smash spot in a game they should destroy. Um, he's a fantastic play, as is Corey Clement if Jay Ajayi is out. Um, you know, it, he's someone I keep going back and forth on. Just I think we know Doug Peterson likes uh, to use this – as a running back by committee situation. And maybe it only means that Wendell Smallwood comes in and, and takes all the carries uh, and, you know, game script doesn't really uh, imply heavy target volume, but still like just look at his price. And it's, maybe I should just not overthink it. Uh, but, uh, what's, that, what's everyone's thoughts on Kareem Hunt? He's a guy, he's 6,000. The targets haven't been there. He hasn't gotten in the end zone yet, but the work's going to be there. Patrick Mahomes isn't going to average five passing touchdowns every game, Scott. Uh, Kareem Hunt at 6000 on DraftKings. This is a, a severe misprice, I think, by the DraftKings price. Yeah, so uh, I had a tweet like a few weeks ago where it's like, what are you going to do with Patrick Mahomes and Tyreek Hill? And it's like, I'm just going to set aside $50 every week mm-hmm. to make like at least one or two Mahomes to Tyreek stacks just every single week because like they could just break the slate every single week but I think Kareem Hunt definitely has that upside and I actually liked him last week as sort of a uh, leverage play off of all of my Mahomes Roethlisberger share uh yeah Roethlisberger shares um actually no no you you could have Roethlisberger and Hunt but yeah off of Mahomes at least off of Tyreek um just, uh, you know, he, he has that value. You know, it, it could be coming. Uh, unfortunately, we know Andy Reid likes to uh, neglect his running back sometimes. And, and for sure, the one catch per game, one target per game is a big concern. But, you know, uh, 
uh, he, we know his town is there and offers a lot of upside for sure. And just that I think the, the problems we'll talk about this in the Pat Thorman article, they're just so efficient that they haven't needed to use Kareem Hunt because they're just scoring touchdowns from deep down the field here. I think the 6,000 on Hunt is just a, a real big mispricing in my opinion. Today. I'm going to be loading up on him. Uh, Tyler, uh, your duds real quick. Uh, this whole ru Colts running back by committee. Uh, we had, uh, I don't know. It just looks like a mess there. Um, one of the guys, uh, think showed up on the injury report today and you don't beat the Eagles by trying to run. You beat them with Andrew Lawrence. Yeah, I'll keep it quick here. Philly held Atlanta to just 55 rushing yards in week one. They held Tampa Bay to 44 rushing yards. They've allowed a league low 2.7 yards per carry and the sixth fewest DK points. If you want a cheap running back, don't look at the Colts guys. Look at Corey Clement on the other side of the ball. Uh, and Scott, uh, I mean, I don't know if this is a hot take because the coach hasn't figured out how to use them. Um, but David Johnson, a dud, 7,200 on David Johnson this week. And the coach has come out and said, I want to get David Johnson the ball more. Well, what were you doing the first two weeks, buddy? You should have been getting David Johnson the ball those first two weeks. He's your best player. It's a really intriguing price. So what, what's your take on this? Are you waiting? Do you have to see it before you do David Johnson? And then, like, then he's, then he's going to be priced up again. I don't know. I, I don't mind David Johnson's prices. Yeah, uh, you could scroll down my timeline and you could read a, a thread on on where all of David Johnson's fantasy points have gone. And, and you'll see that the issue is way more than just getting him slot targets, which is basically what that article said. It, was, it wasn't splitting out wide to the right or left. It was just like a little more slot target. Like what, there, it, his problems go so far beyond that right now. Uh, historically low pace. Uh, I mean, you can give him the ball like 30% of the time, but if you're averaging only 20 plays per game and you're <laughs> trailing by 14 or more points on over 70% of your plays, like it doesn't mean anything. It just uh, probably all time slowest pace team relative to game script. Uh, there's just so many problems here. Uh, scoring upside is super low. The the Khalil Mack-led Bears are a force to be reckoned with. Only one team has allowed fewer rushing yards. Only three teams have allowed fewer receptions to running backs. Uh, yeah, I need to see it, but I don't think it's coming this week. All right, so that does it for running backs. Uh, let's jump into a couple of the fun things going on at PFF. Scott, I'll stay with you. So uh, the green line. I've picked the biggest green line spread, the thing that green line on PFF has been the highest on. Each of the first two weeks, the first week, it was on the Patriots spread, that hit. And then last week, we talked about the Lions over-under game and that one, and that one hit too. So here we are. Uh, the biggest uh, uh, difference I could find this week is the Eagles. It looks like uh, the green line has them as two, point, you know, two points better than the market on here. Uh, eight and a half point favorites, according to green line with a market of six and a half. Uh, what do you see happening in, in this game? It, it's two and oh for you so far, if you've been following along. Uh, so let's, let's ride the trend this week and see what's up here. Yeah. So, uh, you know, if you're playing in DFS this is another reason to like Carson Wentz, you know, uh, a lot of people look at Vegas lines when uh, picking and choosing players and, you know, obviously our implied total, let's say is going to be 2.5, points about or something like that above uh where, wherever it sits right now for the eagles uh by elo ranking they're our number one team um meanwhile colts are bottom three uh that's an argument 
to play maybe or have some like a few tournament shares on Wendell Smallwood if Ajayi is out or maybe Ajayi if he if he's nearing 100% again uh, but it's cool yeah you can look at all these different things and you can scroll down um, you can look at the line movement you can look at various injuries that are uh, popping up on the the injury report for them uh, you can see uh, uh, Mac is questionable Doyle's questionable and their, their grades associated with that uh, you also look at snaps per game things like that um, but yeah, so far, you know, uh, we, we've been way more right more often than we've been wrong. So, you know, let's, uh, let's do this. I, I like to eat. I like Carson Wentz. I like this whole game for a lot of points. I think Andrew Luck can pass. I think the Eagles offense is going to move the ball. I'm on board with the green line on this one for sure. Um, Tyler, we, we've mentioned this a couple of times. I read this. There's a couple articles. I, I read this every week. I read Evan Silva's, uh, thing that's free on Roto world. Uh, and I read, uh, I've been reading Tuttle's take on Roto-Grinders. I think that's been really good. Those are kind of my main information sources. Uh, when I let, Pat just looks at this a lot differently, talks about pace, and there's a lot of contrarian things in this. You know, you think the, the Chiefs, this big offense would be running a lot of plays, but they're so efficient. They're actually third worst uh, in the league in plays per game. The Niners haven't really been there. But you gotta, you got to take these with a grain of salt in two-game samples. Um, what's kind of your favorite thing that he has pointed out here in this article? A lot of really interesting nuggets here. Yeah, so for anyone who hasn't seen this before, it kind of just takes the entire slate and gives it like a 30,000-foot view, showing what kind of game paces we can expect. Uh, and by game pace, I mean snaps and volume of plays. Uh, the more plays, the more opportunities for our guys to get fantasy points. So we want to target games that are up in pace, have a lot of opportunity for our guys to get score, and one of the first game he lists here is that San Francisco 49ers at Kansas City Chiefs. Um, neither one has run a ton, but both give up a ton of snaps and plays allowed. Uh, another thing he likes to focus in on is the uh, up-tempo. Mm-hmm. Um, the no-huddle stuff? Teams that do no-huddle, yeah, yeah. He has great notes there. Uh, one thing I found very interesting here was his notes on Will Fuller. Six of his no-huddle passes were direct- – six of Deshaun Watson's no-huddle passes were directed at Fuller last week where he caught five for 84 and a touchdown. I think both these offensive lines of the Houston Texans and New oh. York Giants are a mess. That could, could go either way, and we could see potential garbage time here with Fuller. Yeah, so uh, this is a great article. If you have PFF, uh, you can get this for the Edge uh, subscription. I think it's 40 bucks a year. Uh, if you just like fantasy articles and that you can translate yourself into DFS, uh, that's what I would interpret uh, PFF being. And then if you have the premium, you can get lost in the premium stats. There's so much stuff in there. Um, you get the green line as well. Uh, really good product. You guys, you guys made, did a really good job this year. It was always hard for me to navigate. So Scott, tell your, Scott, tell the bosses they did a good job organizing things this year. I think it's a much more uh, easier to navigate site than it was before. Will do. Uh, all right. Let's uh, get on to some wide receivers here. Uh, Tyler, I'm going to start with you. We already hit on this at the top of the show. Uh, RIP your take from last week on fading Michael Thomas, but you are making amends this week. I mean, he's only leading the league in what is it receptions. He's on pace for like a bajillion yards and 4,000 touchdowns or something like that this year. Uh, You're going to be going, you are, uh, you know, you're redeeming yourself this week. You're going to be touting Michael Thomas as a good player. Yeah, I kind of have to (laughs) (laughs) here. The reason why I love him so much, though, is that he's the most expensive wide receiver on both sites. I think a lot of people might fade that, pay a little less, go to Tyreek Hill in this matchup with the Chiefs. A lot of people are looking at that. Or they may just save $1,000 on DraftKings to go down to Julio, who's in the same matchup here. 
this Saints Falcons game, second highest scoring game of the slate, 53 points. I think Thomas might have the highest ceiling of all wideouts this week, though. He's seen 37.5% target share of Drew Brees' passes, catching 28 of 30 balls thrown his way. Um, so one thing I'm kind of interested in here was in 2017, these two games went for 37 and 36 points. They're divisional games. They play each other twice. They went for 37 and 36. The year before, they went for 77 and 70 points. Mm -hmm. There are so many injuries on this Falcons defense that I think there's a chance for this game to shoot out similar to 2016. Uh, we saw Deion Jones and Keanu Neal are out for the year. Atlanta's cornerbacks, they're not the greatest. Um, they're also stationary in their coverage. They stick to their sides of the field. So basically Thomas has run 32% of his routes from the slot. He'll find himself matched up in the slot against cornerback Brian Poole. Poole has allowed over 85% of his targets to be caught against him dating back to last year and a 115.3 QB rating when targeted against. I think Thomas has a chance to just blow up this week, and I'm trying to redeem myself here. I'm going heavy on Thomas. How can Poole still be employed? If like Those are <laughs> those got to be some horrible numbers. Uh, I looked at it, too. I looked at those games. So, uh, Thomas, three of those four games had really big games against the Falcons, even in one of those that was low scoring. And the Saints, too, what I like, too, they're not, they're not trying to fake it. They don't have Mark Ingram, and they know Alvin Kamara isn't a really good runner at this point in his career. They're running. They have the third-highest pass rate in the league so far. They're just chucking a very concentrated offense. I like Thomas. It's hard because they, they're giving us Julio at a discount, but uh, you got to get your shares of Michael Thomas, too, this week. I think that's uh, something I'm going to be trying to do as well. Uh, Scott, so we've got Julio, we've got Michael Thomas, we've got DeAndre Hopkins. You're switching it up a little bit. Uh, you want Odell Beckham Jr. this week. Ho hopefully Eli doesn't just dump two-yard passes to Saquon Barkley. Off. Yeah, um, pr probably not just because of uh, uh, not, not as many targets for Barkley this week just due to game script. Uh, Giants are projected to win this. Uh, but Beckham Jr. ranks second uh, among all receivers in percentage of their team's expected touchdowns. Uh, the total is not too bad on this one. Uh, so there's a good chance Beckham scores. He also ranks seventh among wide receivers and expected fantasy points per game. Uh, he should have a field day against uh, our eighth worst ranking secondary that just lost starting slot cornerback Kevin Johnson to IR. Uh, OBJ has been running a lot more routes from the slot this year. Uh, also, the most important thing probably is Eli should finally have some time to throw, uh, and especially with Clowney at less than 100% or out. Uh, Houston ranks third worst in pressures per dropback, and that's with them just facing Blank Abbott and backup, backup, backup offensive linemen. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that uh, Texans defense definitely disappointed us. Uh, they were the, the chalk defense last week, and it did not work out for a lot of us. So, yeah, I do uh, do think Odell Beckham, too, and I, I predict out of all the high-priced receivers, he'll probably end up the lowest owned. Uh, so if you're looking for a tournament play, I think that's a pretty good one there. Uh, Tyler Value, there are a couple good value plays. Uh, you've got Nelson Aguilar. We talked about Carson Wentz. We show him the green line, the PFFs over that. Of course, we're going to like the passing game in this one. Um, it's gonna, it's just gonna be Ertz and it's gonna be Aguilar over and over and over again for this Philadelphia offense. Yeah, I love these consolidated offenses where we know where the targets are going. They're just such smart DFS plays, and I don't think enough people capitalize on them. Uh, speaking of Aguilar, I'm gonna let others kind of freak out over Jordan Matthews, who was just signed with the team, and what it means for Aguilar. Aguilar showed last year that he can ball, and it's been years since we've seen Jordan Matthews play that well. It's been, I think, one or two years now. I'm not counting that Buffalo 
season. Uh, this receiving core has been decimated by injuries. It's going to be a narrow distribution of targets. And Aguilar is currently top 12 in targets on the year. He's caught 80% of them thrown his way. And that's with Nick Foles throwing him the ball. Uh, Indy's matchup here is going to be a dream for Wentz to return to. Six-point home favorites. Aguilar should crush his matchup in the slot against Kenny Moore, who's allowed the fourth most yards per route covered. Uh, also, quote Twitter, did you see Jordan Matthews' tweet? You just mentioned his name. Did you see his tweet uh, from Twitter? Fantastic. So, it's yeah, fantastic. Uh, so let me read this. Uh, he is, he's a father from his year in Buffalo. Uh, this is a quote. There wasn't anything to do there but each other. So uh, congratulations to Jordan Matthews on fatherhood. I know I live in Syracuse, not too far away from Buffalo. I know what he means in the middle of winter, and especially when you're on the Bills. How about Vontae Davis, Scott? What do you think of Vontae Davis? He's like, man, this is so bad. I'm going to pay the Bills $3.5 million to just quit right in the middle of this game. What do you think of that? Uh, yeah, I, I watched him play this preseason, so I think it was the right move. Yeah, uh, he's been washed up here. Uh, let's talk a couple value receivers. Some guy I like, uh, Allen Robinson. He's 5,400. Uh, he's ninth in the league in targets. Uh, it was a really target magnet last week, 14 targets against Seattle. Very clearly uh, establishing himself as the number one receiver option, as the legit go-to. He's at Arizona. Um, I like him. Scott, you showed me pre-show. Um, you didn't seem to like that too much. And then I told you he was just 5,400 on DraftKings. That seemed to change your mind here. So before you get to your pick, uh, what are your thoughts on Allen Robinson? Someone I think is going to be pretty popular. This week. Yeah, no, that, that's, that's a good call that he's super cheap. You know, volume is pretty good. Uh, you can see where he ranks in, uh, the actual opportunity article. Um, but yeah, not, no, not a bad call. All right. So what do you got for me as a value wide receiver? this week? Uh, uh, I think it's actually tough to find value. Uh, maybe Robinson's a good call. Um, but uh, I, I have Devin Funches written down. So since the start of last season, he averages 11.1 expected and 9.6 actual fantasy points per game when Greg Olson's on the field. When he's inactive, Funches averages 13.8 and 14.2, almost a, a five fantasy point per game differential. Um, you know, William Jackson doesn't shadow. So the matchup looks like fine to average. Um, but I'm actually like sort of backing off this call a little bit just because, uh, Christian McCaffrey is just dominating receiving usage there. He's kind of like their wide receiver one <clears throat> and Cincinnati has given up the second most receiving yards to running backs over the past two years. Uh, second most last year, fifth most this year. Uh, so I think that's a little bit of a concern. Still, he's a, a great play and a, and a good value. Let me throw uh, one more at you. So I think another guy that's going to be cheap, that's going to be popular, had the breakout game last week. We've all been waiting for John Ross, uh, but Tyler Boyd's back in here, and he's 3,700, I think, on DraftKings this week. Uh, really high projected ownership as a salary saver. Uh, anyone have thoughts on him? Yeah, he's the guy that jumped out to me immediately coming off a nine target game where he caught all nine of his targets. He ran just one fewer route than AJ Green last week. So he's seeing plenty of routes run. Uh, this guy is just a great salary saver. Good matchup in the slot. Captain Munderland, our number 79 graded cornerback. Um, we saw Cole Beasley go against this team for seven and 73 in week one. I think it's a good play. Tyler, you are we were prepared right off the cuff with all that. Scott, you agree with Boyd? Yeah, I think it's, I think it's, I mean, we have to remember it's still. Tyler Boyd and, and I think John Ross is good, but, but yeah, for sure. He, he's another guy who jumps out. Yeah. I think he's like one of the only, uh, it's always hard to take these guys who have one good week, um, you know, that are priced on DraftKings, uh, but he looks like a salary saver if you need it this week. Uh, a couple of duds 
Uh, Tyler, I'll go back to you for, for duds here at wide receiver. What are we looking at? All right. So I went a little bit more in depth with this one after how poor the uh, Michael Thomas call was last <laughs> All right. And uh, my fade this week's Demarius Thomas. He's ninth in targets among all wide receivers. So this is still kind of a hot takey one, but he's just nobody that I want this week facing Baltimore. Baltimore has some really tough cornerbacks on the outside, even with Jimmy Smith still out. Brandon Carr and Marlon Humphrey both ranked top five among our cornerbacks so far this season. Dating back to last year, both ranked top 10 in lowest QB rating allowed while allowing just 49% of passes against them to be completed. Uh, for some perspective there, of the 89 cornerbacks that have seen 50 or more targets dating back to last year, only five cornerbacks have allowed less than 50%. So these guys are playing lights out, not allowing many balls to be completed against them. So I don't think these targets going to DT are really going to be completed. Um, teams defeat Baltimore over the middle. I think Manny Sanders is the play here instead. Uh, I like Ravens D, 2,800 on DK this week. Uh, looking pretty good. Denver, two home games to start the year. Now they got to go on the road. Uh, this looks like a, a good spot for Baltimore to get the win here. So I like your call on that one. Uh, Scott, what are you looking at? Uh, guys you want to stay away from that wide receiver? Yeah, this isn't a full fade. Uh, I just want to say Josh Doxon and Jameson Crowder, um, you know, they, they seem like amazing values and like the, the matchup's awesome, but but yeah, definitely just exercise caution on them. Uh, so among 46 wide receivers to run at least 65 routes so far, uh, Crowder ranks last and Doxon ranks second to last in targets per route run. They're both at 9%. Uh, for perspective, Chris Thompson's at 33%. Jordan Reed's at 20%. Uh, so yeah, uh, those guys, you know, just not the target volume's not there and it, it might be an Alex Smith thing. Uh, as some people kind of speculated earlier in the off season. Um, but yeah, just, just be aware of that. Andy Reed knows what he is. He was like, Alex Smith, get out of town. We've got Pat Mahomes waiting to take over this offense. He trades him away. Look what Mahomes is doing. And uh, Alex Smith, he's just doing Alex Smith things, thinking and dunking to Thompson and Reed good for their fantasy values. Uh, but I don't know if it's going to be too good for that Washington offense going forward. Uh, let's move to tight end. Uh, a couple of plays here. Uh, Tyler, I'll start with you, stud. Uh, so we don't have Gronkowski on the main slate. Uh, I think he, he would be uh, a perfect spot. If you're over on Yahoo, they do include that on the main slate. And he's really cheap over there compared to what he normally is. I think he's like 28 bucks when he's normally like 32 or $33. So that was intriguing to me over there when I did my Yahoo write-up. Um, but, I mean, the top of this hurts is going to get 10-plus targets. Travis Kelsey is going to go nuts again this week. You can't go wrong at the top here. for sure. Yeah, so I think typically on a slate where Gronk isn't available, people, people like to pay down at the position. I think that's a huge mistake, and I'll be going contrarian, paying up for Ertz and Kelsey this week. Uh, Ertz is being reunited with his starting quarterback, Carson Wentz. The two were phenomenal last year. In the 13 games Wentz played last year, his QB rating when targeting Ertz was 121.4. For comparison's sake, the Brady-Gronk connection – 132.7 that's the top qb receiver combination of the pff era and wentz and Ertz are just right behind it it's amazing uh Ertz touchdown rate it went from 8.3 percent with wentz down to 3.8 percent with Foles. the eagles here are implied for i think it's 27 points uh, i think we could see that touchdown rate spike right back up here with Ertz this week um yeah i think you knew scott if you had to choose between Ertz or kelsey this is really tough um, when I'm doing my tournaments, I'll, I mean, these are going to be very stack specific when I'm going to be using them. If I'm using Carson Wentz, I'm going to have Ertz. If I'm using uh, Mahomes, I'm going to have Kelsey in a vacuum in your cash games. If you had to pick between one of those, I'm still 
I just always like to save at tight end. I'll dumpster dive, find somebody like, uh, God forbid, an, an Austin Hooper or something, possibly just to kind of get me some more money for my other skill positions. Um, but what are you doing at the top here between these two? Uh, yeah, so I like Jordan Reed quite a bit. Um, maybe maybe not uh, in, in cash games. Uh, honestly, I always thought this was like more of a tournament uh, podcast. But, but maybe I've just been uh, been wrong. This it is now. You, you, you didn't hear. <laughs> I play a lot of tournaments now. Um, but yeah, Jordan Reed, uh, he's just my guy. I, I've, I've talked about him nonstop since well early into the offseason. It's like one of the top values. And, uh, and a cool stat I had was just that. So over or uh, over the last now four seasons, uh, he's averaged 47.8 snaps per game and 15.3 fantasy points per game. But if you exclude all games where he was on like a snap count, he was banged up. So all games with fewer than 30 snaps, uh, he averages 17.7 fantasy points per game. That's more than Gronkowski, even if you do the same exercise. And uh, among wide receivers, it's it's top five. So that's incredible. Like uh, really elite, you know, production from a position that you're not expecting it from. And uh, the last two weeks, he's, he's played over 30 snaps. He, he's at 81 right now. Um, so yeah, it, target volumes there. Uh, Alex Smith clearly likes him. Alex Smith, by the way, has targeted tight ends more frequently than any other quarterback this past decade besides Tony Romo. Um, so yeah, it, just, he's my guy. He's not too expensive and, uh, that's probably who I'm going with. Yeah, and you know, they're going to be passing too, because Aaron, I don't care if Aaron Rodgers has to have his leg amputated by the next game, he's still going to be able to put up points on Washington. No problem opinion uh so yeah i uh, like all those calls those are the three highest priced guys on DraftKings, though so let's find a couple of value guys in the mid-tier uh tyler what, what are we looking to save i mentioned I, i'm digging around so cheap i'm looking at like austin hooper to save me a couple of bucks i'm looking at uh jack doyle who's still taking uh, in a ton of snaps although i didn't get the the touchdowns yet um but where, where are you looking at to save a tight end I think those are both great calls. A guy I'm looking at is Benjamin Watson. Uh, when we're looking at cheap tight ends here, I think the main thing we want to look for is just touchdown equity. Yeah. How realistic is Missed it? That I can't believe Breeze missed him last week. By his fingertips. By his <laughs> fingertips. Um, so I'm hoping they they make that same exact play call and they come through here against Atlanta. Uh, but like I said, we're looking for touchdowns here. So Watson has it in spades with this matchup, 53 total points. Um, Watson has nine targets, three of them coming in the red zone. I think he's just a guy that he's – is worth looking at if you're trying to save some money. Yeah, I like Watson. Uh, I mentioned Hooper. Scott, you got another one even cheaper if I need to save a couple more bucks uh, going up against Chicago. He's getting targets. Um, but so in 12, if I told you a, a tight end had 12 targets, you would expect him to have more than, let me do some quick math, 36 yards on the season. But that's what we're looking at with Ricky Seals-Jones. Uh, what do you have on him this week for him? Yeah, I I really don't love this play, but he, but he's definitely in play. If you want to go cheap on DraftKings, he's basically minimum priced. Um, it's just so hard to invest in this offense that, you know, they, they're atrocious, but uh, you know, he does rank sixth at the position of expected fantasy points per game, fifth in target market share. Larry Fitzgerald's a little banged up with a hamstring issue. Uh, six targets per game. Yeah. And he's, he's basically minimum price, but um yeah, upside probably low on this offense, but uh, he's definitely in play. If built a lineup, you love it, and, uh, you know, you, you need to fit someone cheap in at one of the positions. Yeah, I will say, too, so week one when the pricing was so soft on DraftKings, 
you didn't need like tight ends in your flex and large field tournaments because there was enough value everywhere else. Uh, last week, two of the top 10 lineups in the Millie Maker actually had tight ends as their flex play because if you get two of these $3,500 tight ends that both catch a touchdown just out of nowhere, you're able to get all the skill position players that go off. So don't be afraid as the pricing gets tighter throughout the season to mix in two tight ends into some rosters. It just allows you to get everything else that you want. And if it hits, you're going to have a unique lineup. Uh, just something I noticed a little bit last week, um, kind of as the, as the pricing gets tighter, something to consider a little bit uh, using a couple of these cheap guys. A uh, couple of duds, then we'll get on out of here. So uh, let's see, Tyler, your dud. Let me find it. I think this dude played nearly every snap last week. Um, but I don't know. Did he, did he even get a, got a couple targets, three targets mm -hmm. for 10 yards. Yep. Uh, now he's going up against Cincinnati, Mr. Ian Thomas, uh, replacing Greg Olson. I think Olson's already out of his walking boot, but of course not going to suit up. Yeah, you're right. He only missed a handful of snaps. So, I mean, this guy's definitely seeing the field a ton. He's just not seeing the same high quality targets that Greg Olson was. Greg Olson has a 11 plus yard a dot over the past few years. Uh, that's a far cry from Ian Thomas's 4.2 that he's seen so far in the first few weeks. Um, just three targets last week. Not a guy I really want to target here whatsoever. Uh, and Scott, you're playing the, not playing a lot of snaps, but Ben Roethlisberger is uh, getting them targets down the field. Somehow Jesse James has become relevant again, but uh, you're quickly giving him the thumbs down. Can't play this on the full slate, but if you're playing, you know, if you're playing the Monday night showdown, is that the, yeah, that's a Monday night game. Um, or if you're playing the Thursday through through Monday uh, on any of the sites, uh, don't go chasing that Jesse James production. Uh, yeah, yeah. So uh, he went off last week, but Antonio Brown was hurt. They were easing Vance McDonald in his first game back. Roethlisberger threw 60 passes. They're on the road. I, I don't know. It was just hard to find a tight end this this week. But because there's there's so many who are just like equally dud values. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Yeah, I mix it up um, like uh, on tournaments. I don't mind being overweight. You know, your Jordan Reed, we have projected rather low ownership. So even if you get 10% Jordan Reed in your tournaments, you could be two or three or four X over the field uh, with a, something a guy like Reed. So I don't mind doing something like that. And then just I cast a wide field at tight end because you just never know which one of these guys is going to be the one out of all the crappy options that gets the six receptions and scores the touchdown because um, it drops off pretty quick. So don't be afraid to, to mix it up a little down there. Uh, we're going to get on out of here. Uh, it was fun doing the PFF show for you guys for week three. Don't forget, uh, go check out their subscriptions over there. You can read all of Scott's stuff, all of Tyler's stuff. Uh, you can read the Pat Thorman article. You can get all the grades if you want to get a little more into sports betting. They have the green line. And if you're a really advanced DFS player and you want access to some of the best information out there, they have the premium stats. Uh, where you can just delve into things you probably didn't even know existed as actual statistics for football, and you can find those in the premium stats. Uh, I, I really dig into those every single week. So, uh, guys, it was fun. I'll see you back here next week. Uh, for Scott and Tyler, I'm Britt. Thanks for watching, everybody, and we out you.